It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy. You crept along the avenue that never ends, the strange road that meanders through the heart of the realm of the gods, in search of a way to enter the staircase, another realm of a thousand pathways which will enable you, just maybe, to look back across space and time to find the dance where all of this began. You found the staircase, but on the way you found a whole lot more. And, right as you make to cross through the portal that Lorelei is just about holding open in front of you, someone or something else finds you. Lorelei, you spun your staff and dug deep into a well of power you didn't know you had, and the result hangs, spitting and stuttering in front of you like a pan of hot oil. A portal, circular, its edges sizzling with electricity. Through it, you can see a dizzying geometric tangle that stretches on into infinity. A tangle of repeating staircases, thousands of them, supported by impossible columns that plunge down into swirling grey mist. The realm beyond the portal is cold and clear and bright. A stark contrast to the avenue as its grey sky fills with smoke and ash and flame. What do you do? <laughs> move, 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 no, move. I, no, I, I want to stay here where it's awful. Yeah, yeah let's go. Go, 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 go. I've got a whole party to get through. Uh, this portal Lorelei has created. Lorelei, how big is your staff? How big is your staff? A... Probably about five foot long. It's a big step. God. <laughs> it's God damn, that's impressive. But does she know how to use it? Yes. I mean, Actually, yeah, we've been yes, we just established. But, yeah. Please stop. Wow. Classy start. It's okay. You though. started this. Start it's this. only a model. We need okay, but this is the part of the show where you need levity. That's fair. Crick and Corel are gonna have to kind of anschlup, but we're gonna have to like dive through. Yes. And my lion rabbit. <laughs> well shove him in. You're going to have to work something out. I genuinely thought Lorelei was going to say, leave him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where Bugsy ends. This, oh, this is the, the end of your son. <laughs> no, he's my emotional support predator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So the key point here is Lorelei's staff is five foot long. So this is a five foot across portal. So it's one at a time through the portal. And that smoke and ash is coming fast. Lion rabbit first, everyone push. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bugsy, eyes up this sizzling portal. Schlurp, he has been your companion for years now. He's been so brave and so good. This poor creature (laughs) that has come into this nightmare realm of gods and death with you sees the fire coming, sees this sizzling portal, and just kind of plunks his big old furry ass on the ground and goes, (laughs) Bugsy, please! (laughs) Can you 
throw me animal handling. No, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. 16. Okay, with a 16, what do you do? Like, you're, you're, that's successful, but what do you do? Okay, um, yeah, I think I just go to the front of him, just kind of like, got my hands on his face, like, like I know you're normally brave, and I need you to be that level of brave right now. We go through that portal that Lorelei is making for us, or you're very brave and I love you and I don't want you to burn. He makes a very low sound of like a, ooh, and then he licks your face and tries to like rear through it he's gonna need a shove well who's got the most strength crick okay let's do this 18 okay with an 18 crick you set your shoulder right up against bugsy's furry ass (laughs) and you shove with all your might and bugsy kind of makes this muffled noise because it's you can't really hear it through the portal but it's like a (laughs) and then with like a kind of popping noise he passes through the portal and you fall after him oh shit through the gap and crick is swallowed by light uh corel ru- goes in after yep so crick's fallen through after bugsy corel goes straight after crick that fire is coming this whole time it's roaring down the avenue leaping and lunging <laughs> like a frenzied wild animal i get joe bruno like go 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 um you push at the two of them and I'm herding them because they're both Araswati. They're just like little. It's like, go, go, go. They can both fit through at the same time. <laughs> Bruno goes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jiahu is frozen in place. Shaking. Pick her up. Just pick yeah. her up and go. So I was like, duh. Pick, picks Jiahu up and then just makes a beeline for the portal. Can you roll me athletics? Because she's going to fight you. Oh, dear. Oh, no. 15. She also rolled a 15. God damn it. So stalemate. Stalemate. You kind of got her under the armpits trying to lift her up. She is kicking like a little wild thing. She seems to be having some kind of like flashback. Her eyes are just white all the way around. And she's like hyperventilating. I uh, don't want to do this, but I am going to cast calm emotions on her. Oh, go on. How does that work? A charisma saving throw. I rolled a 14. My spell save is 18 now. Wow. Okay. She slumps in your arms. I run. I run through the portal. <laughs> you run through the portal. Who's left? Me. Me. Oh, God. Lorelei and Faraday. Two girls. Lorelei's like, Faraday gets out a piece of rope, tie this around my waist, because I take, I'm looking at Shomi and I'm like, he's not coming with us, is he? He has a solemn, determined expression. I have him. a way to help him. The second the portal starts to falter, I need you to put get everyone and pull. I get tie it around me, shove Faraday through, and then just as I'm letting the portal go, I cast my eighth level tsunami spell. Oh shit, that's so cool! Um, push it back so Shomu has as much time as possible. I'm like, good fucking luck, and then Lorelei. <laughs> As the fire reaches you and rises like a tsunami itself, in it, dragging himself on a dozen misshapen, segmented arms and legs, you see Pyros, enormous, larger than a tower block, thorny black chitin floating on a skin of molten magma, a head which resembles nothing more than a fire-blackened skull with sharp jutting mandibles and a crest of tall, dark spines. He sees you and roars. How, how does the spell hit him? What does it do? So there, 
I am not even four feet tall, just soaked in sweat from keeping this portal open. I grab Shomu by the arm and drag him next to me so he doesn't get hit. And slowly an orb of water opens up in my hands and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's 300 feet wide, 300 feet tall and 50 feet thick. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. So you grab Shomu, yank him against you and he kind of curls over you almost protectively and this wall of water surges through the Pantheon. This tower of flame it crashes into his knees his shins but he screams like cut out at the knees and starts to topple to the side and one of those grand buildings one of those empty seats is crushed beneath him and a sheet of thick smoke and fog billows out blanketing everything and in that little bubble of you and shomu lorelei he you kind of see his face sidelong and he says to you, I don't need luck. I'm Shomu the fucking warrior. And then he says, pull, and shoves you towards the portal. That was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of you pull on that rope that is stretched out through that spinning portal as it starts to close, and you yank Lorelei through it. And all of you, as you kind of topple backwards with the momentum of pulling her out of this nightmarish scene as everything comes crashing together, fire and water and steam and smoke, you get one last sight of him. And your last sighting of Shomu the warrior, it, it's shaky, half obscured. But in that one poor ass glimpse, he is every inch the legendary warrior that the galaxy knows him as. His greatsword, aloft and aglow in one hand, his armor shining, his expression grim. And then Pyrrhos swings one great flaming arm and the portal shuts and you are on the ground in silence in another realm. Godspeed, you magnificent bastard. Lorelei <laughs> <laughs> has just sat on the floor covered in sweat and water. Smells just like wet dog gross and it's like where are we going well Paige what do we see can I have perception checks please 20 and above dirty 20 34 fucking oh, hell what the I rolled hell a, I've rolled a 19 oh fuck 15 and above 18 which I thought was impressive <laughs> it is <laughs> I'm just broken <laughs> Yeah, you might need to be nerfed. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 16. Oh, okay, Schlepp. What did you get, honey? I got a 10. <laughs> got a big old 10. I've, I've stolen your luck. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Rolled a 7. And I add plus 1 and plus 2 for my jack of trades. That's a 10. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, that makes sense, given that Jiahu is still... In your arms, her face flooded with tears. Everyone who rolled below 20, you see a blurry geometric nightmare of staircases intertwining, interconnecting, constantly flickering and shifting. It's like as you look at it, the whole thing completely changes. No matter, like every time you move your eyes, it's like a kaleidoscope of interconnecting staircases and pathways. A 
beautifully complex tangle just like time itself. Corel and Lorelei, you're all 20 or above. Corel, rather than a constantly shifting kaleidoscope, what you see is more of like a static kaleidoscope. Almost, it almost feels a bit like um, the intricate lines of a stained glass window. Um, it's really difficult to pass and it kind of makes your eyes hurt to look at, but you can see more concrete roots there where for anyone else they would be lost in an instant. Lorelei. With a 34, you see a forest of staircases soaring up into infinity. Regular repeating, dizzying, marvelous. It doesn't hurt your eyes, it doesn't hurt your brain. It's, there's a lot, but you can see how you could navigate this space. Is there any, like, point of irregularity? Like, a, anything that looks like a destination? Oh, mate. With the 34, this whole scene, it descends behind you into misty infinity and ascends ahead of you into misty infinity. But somewhere above, in that mist, there is a fierce scarlet point of light. I grab my still sort of sparking staff, lean heavily against it, because I've just used a lot of oomph, and I look around at everyone, and I'm like, I know where we're going. You say that, mm. and you stumble on your next words, because your staff snaps under your hand. Like, I know it's it's expandable and holographic. The image shorts out and the core breaks. Just go tumbling ass over tea kettle. Sort of skidding to a halt right near the edge of the stair that we're on. And I'm like, well, fuck. I kick it off the edge. And then in the distance, you hear a whistling noise and you see it falling again. <sighs> 50 feet away. And then again, 100 feet away. It just keeps going. Okay, I'm not going to think too hard about that. We're going this way. <laughs> I love Laurel. Very practical. I, I love just that. how to the point Laurel is when things just get bad. Everything is too much right now. I'll deal with this when I get home and I can hug my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she just starts walking up the stairs, like tired and somewhat limping. That was awesome. I'm tired. <laughs> I know, honey. I could carry you. You could go on my head again. Lorelei's eyes, like, light up a little bit and just fully just clambers up onto the, like, and, and I'm like, thank you! <laughs> and just sort of pointing in the direction we need to go. <laughs> and Corel follows the direction. And slowly, you ascend. And ascend. And ascend. Your legs start to hurt, and still, you're ascending. Schlurp. My legs are getting very sore. Can I, can I ride Bugsy? As long as you don't mind hanging at the back of the pack. I should probably stay nearer the front. Uh, right, let's go, let's go. Let's go! Craig, did you learn to throw your voice? No. And in the distance, running upside down along one of the many staircases, 
you see two small children. And then they take a sharp turn and disappear from view. Craig starts following them. Corral, keep everyone in sight. No moving. No one. Run after him. I'm shouting like, no, no, no. Stop. Craig, why? Why? Cease. Craig shakes his head and he's like, oh, sorry. Grab his hand and bring him back with me. Another phantom image flits across the staircase nearby. This time, it's a small skipping girl with curly hair and a bright purple puff of dress. And she's going, And all of the variants, one of millions, but out of millions, only one him. And all of the variants, And she's like skipping, and then she skips out of sight. This is weird. Crick, who was that? I mean, one of them was me, I think. So we move on. Corel, whilst I appreciate the lift, can you please now go at the back? <laughs> if no rope time, then Corel brings up the rear. Compromise. Alright. I, I am fully prepared to trust your judgement in here, Lorelei. When you reach the back, Corel, there's a moment where it's just you looking down into infinity and you're struck by the enormity, the impossible enormity of this realm. And then you see something move below you. A line of tiny Apelton workers <gasps> marching in a little line, each holding a clipboard. There's one Apelter kind of lagging behind this line. And it's not because they're dossing around. And it's not because they're tired. It's because they are carrying the clipboard in one hand. And under their other arm, they have a very large stack of adult-sized books <laughs> jammed up to their armpit. And they are doing their best to carry both. And it's not going particularly well. Corel, you see yourself. Um, Lorelei, it's happening to me too, I think. Oh no... Lorelei, do you turn to look or do you keep your eyes ahead? I'd probably turn. Cool. When you turn back forwards, your grandmother is about 10 feet in front of you. And she says, Sweetling, come here. I'm so proud of you. And opens her arms. No, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> A blur of white jumps onto your staircase from a neighboring one and up into her arms and you see yourself <gasps> a tiny spotty fawnling <laughs> i was adorable you were very adorable <laughs> so all of these visions are visible to everyone or yeah. i think schlurp's got nobody's happening right now. i was like oh no 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 what's wrong schlurp <laughs> do it page 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 look at me Pull the trigger. Do it. No, no, no. Do it. it needs the dramatic Do moment. it, asshole. The emotional laser beam is charging up. Do it. <laughs> okay. What great audio. You brought this upon the world, Shona. Yeah. Schlurp. Something in you curdles when you hear that noise. <laughs> What do you do? 
I guess I look. <laughs> cool. About 25 feet from you, you see the bent back of a middle-aged Araswati. Loudly <laughs> eating soup. <laughs> and then you see him tip his head back and go, What soup that? Oh, fucking damn it. In the uncannily memorable voice of your creator, Suresh. And a few seconds pass. You kind of see him putter around with the bowl in hand and then invisibly set it down. And then you hear a little... And he turns and goes over to something lumpy and round and covered in wires... And it beeps again and goes, his expression goes awed and he raises one hand up and touches it very gently with one finger and then just goes, hello. You continue to ascend the staircase, chased by phantoms and ghosts and strange images you of people you don't know and places you don't know from across time you see cities and architecture you don't recognize you see images of Terilli, of septiva's people just living their lives being people meeting falling in love fighting everything is here on this staircase in snippets and snatches it's a beautiful dreamlike haunted place and all the while lorelei that point of red light slowly grows until all of you can make out the angry glare of it in the distance above you, glowing through the mist. Lorelei, mm -hmm. that red glow feels closer than ever, but before your eyes, the root there is starting to crumble and change. To the left, it branches through a series of floating images of giggling children in sand. To your right, it vanishes into a familiar forest. The trees of Chorus. Who are the children in the beach? They're both white, kind of skinny. And one of them has this kind of mop of ash blonde hair and the biggest, squarest black glasses you've ever seen in your life on a small trial. Oh. Crick, childhood trauma or my home? The funny thing about that, Crick, is Lorelei says childhood trauma, but you recognize the way you look. You have a plaster on your nose. You remember that haircut. It's when one of your dads took it upon himself. To do it for you. And it is, um, it's almost admirable how straight the bowl is. <laughs> but it's quite striking. And you remember it keenly from a particular summer. And Lorelei is saying childhood trauma, but it was a good summer. I think childhood trauma, Lorelei. I think that'll be, that'll be just fine. <laughs> this way. You veer off the kaleidoscopic crumbling nightmare of the, the staircase that you've been following all this time and suddenly you're running on sand and there's a blue sky hot above you and you see adorable 
cottage style houses like proper english chocolate box houses all along the shorefront and crick you're in truro in cornwall where you grew up you know this beach and you know those kids because one of them is you with the god-awful bowl cut done by your dad <laughs> reg and the other one is your brother ari i don't know how much time we have what do you need what do i need from this, what do you need? Or can we just go? I would like to see this. Okay. You stagger to a stop. Other than the bloody red light at the sun, you could be in Cornwall. It's convincing. Down to the wind, down to the seagulls mewing rudely overhead. Crick, you're brother and you, you are on your knees in the sand with spades, with buckets but you're not building a castle you're building a rocket of course no, we need to make sure it's a Mark 3 engine Mitch, or it's not going to be able to go anywhere beyond Mars whatever you say Ari I'm not really up on all the tech stuff I just like how it looks and as long as it's a spaceship and it goes into space that's good for me Mitch, if you ever really want to go into space, you're going to have to think about the specs sometime. Everybody knows that. It's part of the course. You have to do engineering. Engineering, he says <laughs> decisively. And I'm going to be the engineer and you're going to be the, the... Wait, no, I'll be the engineer and you'll be the pilot. Yes. Yes, because you're way better at the Mario Kart 18. <laughs> <laughs> There's only been... Ten more. Ten more in like 200 well, years. think about it. Mario Kart 8's lasted this long. That's every, true. Every time it just gets longer. That's true, actually. That's a very good point. You're way better at Mario Kart 18 than me, but I'm better at maths. That sounds good to me. Now, can we add a little cone to the top? Because that makes it go faster. I'm kidding. I know it doesn't do that. Oh, good. I was so worried for a second there, Mitch, <laughs> that I was going to have to put you in the brig. <laughs> Where's the brig on a beach? The holes. The holes. We've been digging. Just dig a hole. Where you bury people. <laughs> oh, God. And Ari actually points over to your other dad, Jonathan, who is buried and goes, I put daddy in the brig. I'll put you in it too, Mitch. Jonathan and Reg, I love this. And then a wave sweeps up over you and knocks at the foundation of your rocket ship. And the two kids are off again, running through the sand. Fellow digger, I see. Oh, yes. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Any questions? Faraday's absolutely thinking about how come we've never heard about this brother before, but she's not going to mention it. <laughs> Slurp like, I have an uncle. Okay. <laughs> I know you want to move on, Lorelei, but I just want to reassure you all, he's not dead. <laughs> okay? He's not dead. That is, that is a relief, actually. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Look, listen, I know I have a tragic life, not everything in my life is terrible. So okay. why haven't I met this secret uncle? Yeah, how far away do you think Earth is from here? I spend a lot of time in space, okay? People grow distant. It happens. The two kids run ahead of you um, up to the top of the beach where an ice cream shop has turned into the 
Very distinctive, blocky, prefab shape of a British secondary school. It looks very much um, very 2070s. <laughs> <laughs> the doors of the school are open. I walk in. You walk in. It is utterly familiar. Lino floor, squeaky and kind of squishy under your feet. There's a bucket by one of the walls to catch a drip from the ceiling. The lighting strips buzz. Everything's a bit sad. As you walk in, the school kind of shifts around you. Um, so you're not walking in, you're no longer walking in the entrance hall. You're walking down the corridor, which goes past gym and goes past um, PE and the changing rooms. And you can see Ari again, older, kind of gangly and awkward as only like a 14 year old, 13 year old could be. And um, the teacher is pointing at the girls changing room. And Ari is kind of shoulders hunched, expression pinched, kind of like someone who's been through this before. I think for a second, you kind of are there like, you have that instinct to step in, but then past you is doing it. Past you is 14 and already over six feet tall. Jesus. Mm. Past you looks like a breeze could snap you in half. And you have the most hilarious bit of stubble on your upper lip. I ruffle my, my current beard and I'm like, oh, man. And Ari grabs your hand. And then all of you, I think, experience this moment of shock when Mitchell Crick looks at his teacher and goes, shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> the corridor empties and another doorway awaits. Uh, through it, you can see sun again. I'm, go I'm gonna go in. Out of the school and onto a city street, crowded uh, with buildings, narrow pavements, sunny sky. There are people out parading, but it's not a good parade. They're chanting cruel things, holding cruel, misspelled signs. And there's not that many of them, but they're loud and they eat up the space around them like a poison in a wound. And off to the sideline on the pavement, you see Ari and Mitchell again. Older. Mitchell has kind of filled out a little bit and has seemed to encourage the moustache, <laughs> but it's not going particularly well. Um, Ari is uh, shorter than Mitch, but seems to like be on T at this point and has kind of also like filled out a little bit, has got a little bit of uh, stubble going on. And they're both kind of watching with like tense expressions on their face. And then your younger self pats Ari on the arm and you head off. Come on, Ari, leave it. We're not here for them. Ari nods and tucks one hand into your elbow. The two of you reach the end of that side street and it opens up onto a parallel street to the other one. This one is packed with people with much more colorful and better spelled signs. And these people are chanting and smiling and laughing. And there are hundreds of them filling out this little Cornish street. And at the heart of it, up on a kind of ramshackle stage, is a woman. And time is strange and skipping here. But you remember this moment, Mitch, because this was a real turning point in your life because you remember the speech you remember the woman you remember 
how her passion ignited a fire in you that you still carry to this day. And you remember who you met here and how important that meeting was. And as you think about that, you see your younger self turn to the young woman standing next to you and Ari, and you see a young Lina Barnes. As your younger self says, wow, she's amazing. And Lina says, she's my mum. After you see young Lina and young Crick exchange those few words that will unknowingly set them on the path of becoming lifelong friends, the staircase changes again and a bit of that geometry comes bleeding back in. The sky is replaced by a tessellating pattern of interconnecting pathways and staircases and colours go neon and haywire. Lorelei, you too are seeing this, but unlike the rest, you can see a pale corridor of stone soaring up and up and up towards that red light onwards Lorelei, you lead your companions up that staircase through this dizzying world as it continues to unravel around you and as you lead them up you find that the streets of Truro have been replaced by trees and the staircase twists and branches again Ahead of you, the trees of Chorus. To the left of you, the cold metal corridors of a spaceship. And to the right of you, the cold metal of a lab. Who wants to go next? Me, Faraday, or Schlurp? The stairs behind you start to crumble. <laughs> uh, you, you go next, Lorelei. Okay. Chorus it is. Woo. You continue up the stairs and into a forest. The rest of you have been to Chorus before a long time ago when you were still sweet level baby twos. Sweet infants with not even ten hit points each. I got eaten by a plant, I remember. Lorelei, this is your home. You know this forest. It's near to the main dwelling where you grew up with your parents, where you grew up near your grandma. You know the snaking trails hidden underneath the leaf litter. You've run through them thousands of times. I keep going and I brace myself. <laughs> you keep going and you brace yourself and you emerge from the trees into a clearing full of buildings. Your enclave and the space between those buildings is full of people you know, your cousins, your aunts and uncles, your parents even are there. You see them in the distance, nameless still. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've tried thinking of names for them, but nothing sticks. Tony. Can I, can I make a suggestion? Jonathan and Reg. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jeremy. My, my dad's actual real life dad's name is Jeremy. You do know that, right? Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> Jeremy and Karami. <laughs> no. Jer. Jer. Reg, Reg rearranged. Jer. <laughs> Jer. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. nameless parents. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see yourself. You are banging on a door. And I think your stomach sinks. Because you remember when you did that. The younger you 
topples over almost as that door swings inwards. And you see yourself run into Tali's home. And you can't... You're still on the stairs, but you in your head are replaying that that day when you ran up the stairs and up to the room on the highest floor. And as you see the light flick on, you remember how it felt to open the door of her room and see everything gone. Still walking and looking and thinking, Lorelei's just crying. And the forest claims you again and the clearing is gone. And this time the forest thickens and deepens, becomes dangerous and dark and more like the chorus the rest of you know. You see plant monstrosities prowling in the shadows. You see trees whose roots coil like pythons. It is a dangerous, vibrantly, violently alive place, is chorus. And then you see Edna. She's Edna is holding tiny, tiny, tiny spotty fawnling Lorelei's hand. And they are picking their way through the trees just ahead of you. Lorelei, this is a really old memory. Old and blurry. And tinged with a bit of wonder. Because Edna is taking you to the spot where you will first connect with magic. And as you continue along the staircase, they walk almost alongside you until the forest parts around a door set into a hill. The door is made of stone, like cool, cool, dark stone, like jet almost. And in front of it is a small stone courtyard, like a little tiny, ten, like, like a 10 foot circle of paved brick. And Edna kneels on it and gestures for you to kneel beside her. I think I stop on the staircase and like adult Lorelei kneels down too. You remember when you were actually there. It's blurry because you were very small, but it felt like it took forever. It was so boring. You had to go into the woods with grandma and she talked to you about the importance of taking care of everything. And you just really wanted to go back and pretend to be a lion rabbit. But instead you had to go out into the woods with grandma and it was really boring. And there was something, there was a big wall there. Meh. And there were some lights, whatever. So dull. But adult you watches as Edna spreads her hands to the door and the door's plain dark surface is illuminated with pictures and adult you I think has a very real moment of ice water shock because on the door in glowing light are two very familiar symbols which you have chased all the way here one it's almost like a letter. Kavoris is marked, the god of knowledge. And the other is a three-pronged trident, the mark of Teresial. And they are right here on this door in the woods on your home planet. Oh no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Do I have enough time to like just quickly like memorize or write down the third one? Yeah, sure. The final symbol is of a tree. 
I draw a little tree and part of Lorelei's brain is like, would it be bad if I hope that's connected to Damini? I don't want to live forever without her. <laughs> and I'm like, more important things, focus, compartmentalize. <laughs> As you're kind of swirling with emotion, Edna, who looks younger here, bends over your tiny child self and says, now, sweetling, this is very important. Are you listening? And your younger self just goes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unimpressed with this whole amazing scene. Wants to go home and be baby gay. And Edna takes both of your tiny hands in hers and then nods at the door and says, this is where we come to connect with our power. Beyond the door is a very powerful magical wellspring, a source of enormous strength and energy. It's the reason we first settled here, Lorelei, and the secret of its location is very closely guarded. One day, I will tell you its location. Until then, I will guard it. Do you feel the magic? Feel the pulse of life and death and all between. And little Lorelei just goes, Yeah? And Edna just kind of laughs and goes, Okay, well, concentrate with me and concentrate on that feeling. Lorelei, what do you think the first cantrip you ever picked up was? Probably Druidcraft. So what does baby Lorelei do? Is kneeling down, sort of notices that there's... Gets a little bit distracted from trying to concentrate. Notices that there's like, I don't know, like equivalent of like a bluebell. Trying to grow up between the cobbles of the the little clearing and just sort of puts her hand out and just before she touches it it opens and she's like <gasps> and Edna goes very good very good that's perfect darling my sweetling my Lorelei now is there anything else you would like to try Lorelei the forest changes. The forest, of course, always feels thick and dark and mysterious, but now there is smoke among the trees. And your mark, both of them, because you've got one on both hands now, they're both glowing. I start going faster. The trees are alight, and all around you is swirling flame and fire. You hear screaming. And this isn't a memory. Chorus is never, this has never happened. The staircase leads you on back into your village and the buildings are on fire as well and people are running. And in the air above you, there is a swirling knot of flame and at its heart is a figure with golden horns. I think on instinct, I go and cast third level tidal wave. You throw up this wave and the scene is swept away. But Tali remains. And she looks at you. And then you blink and she's still in the air, but she's a child as you knew her. Before the Golden Horns, when you were just kids. And then you blink again and she's gone and so is the forest. And you're just on the staircase again. And that red light is pulsing like a heartbeat ahead of you. Hey listeners, 
Paige here. I'd like to say a quick thank you to our cast. That's Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Shona as Schlurp, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Duncan as Corel, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review, recommending us to a friend, checking out our store, or becoming a supporter over on our Patreon. We're the indiest of indie productions, and every little really does help. That's all from me. See you in three weeks in the Maelstrom Galaxy.